Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, we chat with Narbox CEO, Tim Fees. Narbox creates rugged backup devices for professional content creators, creating the most reliable and secure process for backing up files, which as we know is the most important thing. Uh, I remember 2011 and 2015, I had like one good size drive and I wasn't shooting too much so I could hold everything on it for those years, but it had like everything on from before that when I was uploading photos to like MySpace and photo bucket and like keeping them there. And I lost that drive after a while. It just completely crashed on me and those photos are gone. Like that time in my life, like, yeah, like I can remember what was happening, but I lost Grand Canyon pictures. I lost pictures, uh, you know, from so many trips and so many weekends. So ever since then, like I really tried to back up my stuff right and, and better. And honestly, talking with Tim made me realize I'm still not backing up my stuff as good as I can. Like I'm doing it okay, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that share that. Like we're doing it you know, pretty good. And there's always, you know, two versions of it, but man, this Narbox sounds just like the perfect thing. So really cool to chat with him about how Narbox started uh, in 2015. So we get into that. We're also joined by Anders Bill in this conversation. Anders is one of my buddies and a co-founder of Darkroom. So it was great to have him during this conversation as well. We get to chat about the start of Narbox, about Tim's perspective on the future of work past COVID-19 and the hardware needs of a modern workforce. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. Hope you've been well. Please enjoy this conversation with Tim Fees. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Okay, so in this episode of the Darkroom Podcast, I am joined by Narbox co-founder Tim Fees. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'm also joined by Darkroom co-founder Anders. Hey, guys. Dude, Anders is here. It's crazy. <laughs> Was this the fourth podcast you've been on? I think so. Yeah, it's My perfect. Goodness. This is, uh, I don't know, I feel like it was like a, a, a good organic way to, to get you in here. And yeah. like, you know, have you talk with Tim and me and we find out everything about Tim and, and what he's doing and what Narbox is all about. Yeah, I've known so Tim yeah. for a while and I think it was time that he came on the show. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. This is great. Uh, so Tim, real quick, let the people know and, and kind of like me as well, like really like what Narbox is first mm. off. It's a good question. Um, Narbox is a device for managing files without a laptop. So uh, when photographers and filmmakers go out to shoot, uh, oftentimes have to carry a lot of equipment with them. Mm -hmm. um, and this device lets you put less in your bag, uh, lets you do your workflow from your iPhone mm -hmm. instead of having to use a laptop without having to sacrifice the performance or the functionality you normally have. Yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm shooting and I'm, I'm out and I have one, like I can not only upload from it, but I can, I can edit photos through it straight to a laptop as well if I want, or a phone. Like, do you, do you have a connectivity that goes straight to? Is that, is that the whole yes. deal? Yes, okay. okay, that's a good question. Yeah. So um, unlike a traditional portable hard drive, mm -hmm. Narbox is actually more of a computer. There you go. It runs an Intel processor, and you connect to it with your iPhone. Gotcha. So you plug your card in, you press a button, it'll back everything up, mm -hmm. it runs checksums, it does a bunch of other stuff that's you know, relevant to different workflows, automatic foldering and, and stuff like this. 
but what's really cool about it is you can connect to its Wi-Fi with your iPhone, with an app, uh, or your iPad, actually. A lot of people like using iPads because the screens are big. Mm-hmm. We have two apps that you can use uh, uh, that we make. One of them is for file management and for sort of organization purposes, yeah. uploading to the cloud, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, another app that we make in partnership with Photo Mechanic for photographers that allows you to cull your images really quickly. So we generate previews on all of your RAWs. You're able to like tap through them really quickly, add metadata. Then when you get home, you plug your Narbox into your computer, and that just pulls into Lightroom. Now, nice. if you want to edit in the field, yeah. it connects directly to Lightroom. So you're in Perfect. Lightroom CC on your iPad or your iPhone. Yeah. You can see everything that's on the box and edit those files. Dude, that's uh, so rad. Yeah. Mm. Where did it come from? Where did the ideas come from? Like, tell me, tell me the beginning, the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. That's a good story. Yeah. Um, well, about seven years ago, I was uh, just working at a financial company, like normal nine to five job ish. And uh, I really liked skiing way more than I liked working. I still do actually, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I really, really like skiing. So we were, we were going to the mountains, uh, to Mammoth Mountain, oftentimes yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the weekend. That's great. And uh, I'd gotten a GoPro um, and I was obsessed with GoPros. Mm-hmm. Like, just thought it was so cool that you could press a button and just record your life in HD and the videos were just awesome. Yeah. But then um, we're actually pretty good skiers. So like we had the potential to make good content, we thought. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Uh, it didn't turn out that way. It was actually really hard to make videos. Yeah. Like, and we were driving back. Uh, my co-founder uh, Will and me, we just met through my roommate at the time, and we were driving back from Mammoth, and we were talking about this exact issue um, and how we both were experiencing it in a really similar way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we didn't come up with Narbox that day, but we both decided that we wanted to make it easier to create and share awesome videos. Yeah. Um, and that's all we needed to decide that day. You know, from there, we started building software. We started playing around. Um, it was just the two of us. We had no background in engineering. We're doing it on nights and weekends. Yeah, um, yeah. How do you how do you go from no experience to you know like building this thing and holding it in your hand? Like in between <laughs> all of that, like how do you learn what you learn? Do you hire engineers? Do you like hire around you, or do you like get in the thick of it yourself? Yeah, there are a number of ways to do this. Um, the way that we approached it was first to just do the best we could. Yeah. Um, so I was learning how to program, and you know, Will, he's uh, he's uh, learning to be a great photographer. Back then, he is now a really great astrophotographer. If you check out his Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and he also has sort of a, a bit of a graphic design uh, disposition. Mm-hmm. His sister's a designer. Yeah. Uh, so he was building like the UX and UI, and we were collaborating on how it should work. And mm-hmm. I was building a website with WordPress for sharing videos. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it started. Yeah. And then. Uh, you know, we sort of realized, like, oh, we have a lot of limitations mm-hmm. in terms of what we can actually build together because we're just two 25-year-old dudes that... Yeah, the ski. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we were, yeah. like, you know, we're decently smart, I guess, and, like, we can think about things clearly, but we definitely weren't going to build a, a great technology product just yeah. like that. Yeah, But, uh, so we started posting jobs online. Okay. Yeah, uh, for CTO. And, like, at first, one of my best friends from high school was, like, working with us in coding and... Uh, then that didn't didn't end up like working out. We were building websites. Um, we were pitching everybody on this idea where you had to upload on the desktop computer, mm-hmm. and you could view your stuff on your uh, iPhone. So it's like 
And the whole point at that point actually was to connect people with sponsors. So it was like before Instagram influencers were things, 2013. Yeah. Um, or maybe they were a thing then. I just didn't know about it. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were blooming then. They were, right, they were yeah. Get, you know, the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and there was no video on Instagram, actually. Oh, no started. way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that gives you a sense of like where we were at. So we're building this great video sharing platform. And we pitched this one guy. And we're like, hey, you can't upload from a phone. And he's like, why not? We're like, well... Mm-hmm. They're really slow uh, to connect to things. Like the Wi-Fi and camera is really slow, really unreliable. Um, the phone's processing power can't handle 4K videos or high frame rate videos, like which is all the cool stuff from your mm. GoPro. Yeah. Um, the apps on your phone aren't really there for editing yeah. either. Yeah. It just can't. Um, so, so nothing at that time could like harness what you were really trying to do. It was a yeah. Problem. Yeah. It was yeah. a huge. Yeah. And yeah. it still is an issue with the with the phones and the iPads. I mean, even the new yeah. iPad Pro, like. Uh, damn using it on your own, <laughs> you're using it on its own. It's not as effective as with uh, another device, which I don't know if it necessarily should be that way, but it is that way right now. Yeah. Um, so this is your so Narbox 1.0 because it's well, yeah, different. So yeah, this is so, like Narbox 1.0. Well, this is before there's any even hardware. We don't even know that we're going to build hardware at this point. So we pitch this guy and we yeah. say, hey, like you this have to go software to software. Yeah, yeah. Software. And he's like, he's like, well, what if you could just upload from your phone? And we're like, well, okay, yeah, cool, good idea, but like how? And he said, well, he used to work. On these projects for the military, mm-hmm. and we built these boxes that would go into helicopters, mm-hmm. and they would take the media off the camera in the helicopter, mm-hmm. compress it, and send it back to like the command center mm-hmm. where they wanted to analyze that footage cool. like Nuts. real time. Whoa! Um, yeah, he's like, well, we could do that for GoPro videos and connect it to the internet, connect it to your iPhone. It's like a screen and a keyboard, mm-hmm. so your iPhone doesn't have to do anything except for interact with the video and. Basically, so send interface. commands. Yeah, yeah, it's the interface. So, okay, and we're like, I, my brain okay, that's works interesting. Slower sometimes in this uh, situation. So, explain to me then. So, it's like your your goal at this time. What you're trying to do is camera takes a photo, goes to this Narbox, or this time the software. Software goes to your phone, or it goes to wherever you want to be able to edit the photos. The idea is that the and this is what he proposed. Yeah. Uh, not an idea of my own, but he just proposed that the the box could basically host the data. Okay. That it could be the processing uh, agent right. for that, like GPU, CPU wise, mm-hmm. um, and that it could basically be streaming, like a like the cloud streams to your phone Got it. without downloading to your phone, mm-hmm. and that you could do uh, your editing workflow through like a, a proxy on your phone, and then okay. send the okay. ultimate commands back to the box. Mm-hmm. And that was the technology inspiration. So without getting into too much detail about exactly how that happened. Um, we were like, that's interesting. We started prototyping it and we quit our jobs, moved into a garage, built it. It was taped together with like batteries and like dongles and stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, <man. laughs> yeah. yeah. And he and I programmed the first prototype and we started trying to show it to investors and show it to uh, a lot of different people. And it became obvious that, uh, well, first of all, there were a ton of people with GoPros that had this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a lot of feedback on that. And then, uh, also pro photographers, uh, People that were making movies, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, a production company or a studio, they started to be interested in the idea, right? Um, and we're like, wow, okay, this is really cool. We put together the entire, you know, design for how we wanted to build it, and uh, we got sort of towards out towards the end of our runway, and we did a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and that's how Narbox One was born. It was really for amateur um, photographers and filmmakers, people doing their own stuff, like like us. Were you trying changed. to get it in yeah. the hands of photographers right away before Kickstarter even? Like, was that important to you guys? Or did you want to prove that it could work and work well and then get it in the hands of photographers? We did a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of feedback before the Kickstarter, which, is which great. was, yeah, I'm super good. So glad feedback we did that. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And then the, the first Kickstarter was like, it was, it was tremendously su- successful. Like mm-hmm. We were really lucky uh, to do that well. Yeah. What, um, are the, what are the numbers on that? I don't, I don't know. We had like 4,000 backers. I think or like 3,500. I don't know. There's a lot of people that back the campaign. I mean, that's mm-hmm. so hard, right? To yeah. convince a group of people that a new piece of hardware in their life is needed, right? Yeah. In their workflow. Yeah. Uh, because they're Especially like, well, I have creatives a laptop. Too, yeah. I have creatives a laptop. get into one or a couple things. Oh like, my gosh. This, this works for me and this is it. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, and, and and that's I think like a big, and we'll probably touch on this like as we go deeper into it. But like I think a big learning lesson that we made is like you you definitely want to push the envelope, yeah. but you don't want to shatter the paradigm too much, right? Because people like they they really do like their way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to present them uh, an incremental advantage without completely disrupting it and asking them to change the way that they do everything. Yeah. And with Narbox 1.0, we made a really bold statement. We we tried really hard. Uh, to build it the way that we thought would be right and would make sense for our target customers, which mm-hmm. were people that were making their own uh, stuff. And uh, it didn't, I mean, it worked out pretty well, but it didn't work out how we wanted it to exactly. Right. And that was sort of what turned us into a real company. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of along the lines of, you know, learning from failures too. Like, not saying that you guys failed, but you guys maneuvered. Now we failed in lots right? of ways. Yeah, yeah, so like, I mean, are there any you know, any specific failures that really kind of changed the trajectory of Narbox that you can think of? Definitely. I, I mean, I mean the, we, well, it's, it's actually hard to say, you know, like looking back on it, there's so many things we could have done differently. Yeah. The one thing that I don't, uh, I don't think I would do again, let's just put it that way, mm-hmm. is I was very, very focused on a, a certain type of, uh, like a group of people that we wanted to use it. And that was tied to you know, 2015 when we launched the Kickstarter. Yeah. And then in the world in 2017 that we actually shipped the product into after going through three delays and like changing the product. And I mean, that was a saga, but uh, (laughs) the, the the point is like, I didn't, I I didn't. And and I think the team wasn't ready to uh, adjust enough Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. point because the world needed something slightly different at that point. Still needed our core idea, right? but it needed something slightly different and and we didn't, we didn't change it. And with the core idea, you know, now looking at the current iteration or catch us up with what the current product is, yeah. um, you know, and how is it prepared to go into 2021? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, um, skip 2020 because we got to, yeah, you know, we got to get past this year. So yeah. 2021. Yeah. I'm oh, we're, <laughs> we're totally just kidding. We're going to be doing stuff this year. Um, the world the world will be slower, but we will be doing stuff. Okay. Um, so the product now, the, the way that it changes, we, we got a lot of feedback from professionals, like working professionals that tried to use the product. Mm-hmm. And we, we realized that working professionals were the people that really needed it the most and wanted yeah. it the most. Like uh, amateurs were pretty satisfied with the GoPro app or with like uh, uh, the Sony app for getting a couple photos to their phone. Yeah. So like selling them yeah, on a yeah. device, it was less valuable to mm-hmm. them. But these working professionals were like, I mean, they were in need in a number of different uh, applications, yeah. whether it's like, uh, freelancers or production companies broadcast mm-hmm. uh, all these different uh, types of customers, but the product was just so far yeah. from being what they needed. Um, not in the sense that it couldn't be what they needed, but it just wasn't there yet. Mostly mm-hmm. from a software perspective and a bit from a hardware uh, perspective in terms of how much storage. Mm-hmm. So we kind of uh, we had a, a market that was telling us our product was too expensive. Um, that they didn't want it. That it wasn't the right thing exactly for them. We sold a lot of them, but um, not enough. And uh, when it came to Narbox 2, we, des- we redesigned the whole thing. We hired a bunch of uh, professional photographers and filmmakers onto the team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a journey for all of us at like, becoming more pro in our own work mm-hmm. uh, along the way. Yeah. Will's a great example of that. And um, you know, So we, we hired people out of the industry. 
-hmm. We hired a lot more people on the software side to be able to help us craft it the way we wanted to. And then we built a product that actually just sort of like fits in with the industry standard, even though it's different. Yeah. So it's a different product, but it fits in with all the industry standards. And it makes people feel really confident and comfortable. Yeah. Because rather exactly. than being this like crazy innovative technology, it's like, mm -hmm. this is actually just a practical advantage. It's going to yeah. save you time. It's going to make you more reliable. You're not going to lose your files. Yeah. Uh, it's a workflow. Yeah, yeah. It's a workflow product. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's everything yeah. with the and, creators, right? You know, we're here in Los Angeles. Definitely. We have access to everybody that's working here. I mean, there are people working all over the country, but there are a lot of people working here. Yeah. Uh, and we just talked to everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just asked so many questions and patterns emerged. Mm -hmm. And we built this ecosystem for Narbox 2.0 with, and I, I described the apps to you, the Lightroom integration, yeah. the, the new hardware, I'm, I'm holding it here, it's like about the size of an iPhone, a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. Has replaceable batteries, has the screen on it so you can How back up. How big was the old, old iteration? Was it big? It was about same the same size. size. Okay. Yeah, it was about the yeah. same size, but it did a lot less. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we fit more into the same package. It's got this cool case. Uh, we figured out how to do... Like uh, with the first one, heat was a big problem. Mm -hmm. People were just like, just it, was, it was hot. Well, yeah. it wouldn't overheat, but it would like people would just feel like it's too hot. It's noticeable. Feels too hot. Like when so, it runs on its own. It yeah, because it's got an Intel CPU. Yeah. I mean, it's like a laptop packed into a little box. You should see my iPhone. When that shit gets hot, it'll yeah. burn my hand off. So exactly. What, so this, <laughs> you put thing, a fan in there or what happened? Yeah, this thing's like watertight. So yeah. um, we have this like aluminum case and we built uh, extra surface area into it and like allows air to go underneath. We did a bunch of cool engineering on that. Nice. Um, you, so we can do more with less now. You know, you've spoken about obviously production crews, and we've kind of touched on the value prop of saving time. When we think about right, there's so many shows, there's so many studios now. There's a war between you know streaming content. What role is Narbox playing from a production team perspective? Right, I think we've heard like the photography angle and the videographer angle, but from a production crew, are you guys seeing people using it now, and, and how are they using it? On yeah, set. it's a good question. I think we are seeing people using it like that now. Uh, we're expecting to see a lot more people using it that way by the end of the year with what we're working on, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, the way that it fits in with that workflow is it, it helps people uh, like uh, those who are supervisors or in charge of a production uh, maintain consistency in these like run and gun environments. Mm -hmm. So. When you are sending people out without a DIT, what's that? You guys don't know what a DIT is? <laughs> no, <laughs> I can guess. You need to talk a, to us. I believe like it's digital imaging technician. Oh, it's yeah. the person that's in oh, charge yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. DIT. It's 100%. they're in yeah. charge of they're in charge of backing up files, <laughs> maybe applying like LUTs and stuff to the uh, to the stuff on set. I know what that is. Yeah. Okay. Right. There you go. There you go. Um, we're using the same. Uh, what are those called? Don't, I don't, I'm not going to know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they're they're doing that, right? And and when you send a, a crew out without that, it's like the DP and a camera guy. Yeah. Uh, the DP and the camera guy don't know how to back up files properly usually. Yeah. They're just like dumping cards onto a laptop. I feel like a like, lot of people don't know how to back up things yeah, properly. I know, I know. Yeah. It's so terrifying. We, so yeah. we put that in a box mm -hmm. for production companies and say like, yo, all your team has to do is press a button. And it's these Narboxes. Yeah, it's these things. Nice. Yeah, there's, just there's, like, there's one style, there's one size, there's one Narbox. Well, there are three different storage capacities, okay. but they all look the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's 256, 512, and a terabyte. That's right. And they're all, I mean, these production companies use terabytes, obviously, because mm -hmm. they shoot a ton of content. And it connects to external hard drives, too. So like, just to be clear, like you could put an eight terabyte drive in it, and you can back up to that. I mean, that thing is mobile, right? Like That thing is just... It's in your pocket. It's like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that must... 
allow these production crews? Do they bring one around? Do they have like a whole set of them? You know, is it is this also for like our favorite shows that we watch? Like, is the setup of a production team obviously on like a Game of Thrones, right? There's like massive, massive cinematic production behind it. Um, but can the value of a Narbox be applied across the board on all those production teams? It depends. Yeah. Um, it completely depends. <clears throat> excuse me, the environments in which people are capturing footage. So if you're sitting on set in a studio all day, like yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Um, not right now, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, more software could change that. But uh, if you're going out into the field, that's the place where you really start to think about mm-hmm. applying this, uh, this device because you know, it really bridges you from the field to the studio in a way that's consistent and reliable. And a production coordinator can be really confident that they're getting the files delivered properly. Um, it can back up to multiple locations. So you actually have like redundancy that's big for uh, for production and for for like the Netflix standards, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It does checksums. It does uh, foldering by default, so you can just get it all set up in the studio, and yeah. you're just pressing a button right there on set. Nice. Yeah. So, I you know a lot of people try to not only build hardware companies but build software companies, right? A ton of people do. Like, wh- what do you think is one of the reasons that like you guys were successful with Narbox. Hmm. I think about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I don't really know. But like, is, is, there, <laughs> is there anything that you know stands out that maybe you guys like kind of did differently than most companies trying to to you know jump into things and, and you know get yeah. going? I think the biggest inflection point for us was the amount of uh, humility that it took to just reinvent the company all over after we uh, launched the first iteration. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, uh, imagine you're you know, you're a young person and you spend five years or four years or whatever it was doing that. Yeah. And then someone said to you like, oh, you have to actually change all of that. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> and that happens and to every, every, not only everyone, yeah. but every business, I feel like at some point. And there's a lot of people that will say like, nope, this is how it is. It is right. how it is. And then we would have failed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, we survived. Yeah. Uh, survival is everything. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me, I was just listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. He had Tom Green on. Mm. Remember Tom Green? Uh, yeah, so, barely, but I do. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Tom Green had the Tom Green show, and he did it out of his house. It was like a webcam show, like a live show. This is in the same example, so that's why I'm talking about it. Uh, YouTube came to him when YouTube came out and said, hey, we love your show. You're doing it live. Why don't you do it on our platform? And he was like, eh. I don't know. I don't, you know, I kind of got my own thing going and uh, they were new. They didn't, you know, have a lot going on YouTube mm-hmm. at the time. And his show eventually went down like this and YouTube shows Joe Rogan <sighs> podcast, all that went up like that. Yeah. So he, because he didn't, you know, maneuver and kind of switch gears to like adapt and, and keep his show alive, it kind of, you know, fell off. Like who knows how big that show would be today. He was doing it 13 years ago. I heard he's re-releasing know? on uh, TikTok. What? No, okay. <laughs> what are you talking? Uh, so yeah, like examples like that. Like I was so fascinated in, in thinking how, like, yeah, like not only do you need to adapt to what's going on, but a lot of times you got to change everything to grow, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. and and I think, uh, yeah, I'm proud of us for doing that. Like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So before Narbox, and you know, kind of before you guys came up with this idea. Like where, like what was your path? What was Tim's path? Like what, what were you doing? Like what did you think you wanted to do? Did you want to be a pro skier? Like what was going on? Uh, I spent most of my uh, young years wanting to be a pro baseball player. Yeah. Um, which I, obviously I did not uh, That's right. become a pro baseball player. You did, some cool, you did cool things. Don't worry about it. You wouldn't be playing um, right now. Yeah, you know? probably not. Yeah. 
No one's doing anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're very similar. I play baseball a lot too. And I wanted to be a pro baseball player. My father really wanted me to be a pro baseball mm. player. Still don't know if I've lived that one down. Yeah. One of those little haunting voices in the back of my head. We won't get into that. Dude, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? So well, there's I, something I with the father-son baseball I understand uh, thing. My dad completely. and I did that together all the time, too. Yeah, yeah. And especially now, I have uh, old teammates <clears throat> that are playing pro. Uh, Trevor Bauer being one of them. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the biggest pitchers in baseball. Almost got the Cy Young, or maybe he was up for it recently. So I get updates about him all day from my dad. Just you see this, you see you that, see like that? Yep, father yep, yeah, dad. <laughs> yeah. So so you did sports, and were you like, were you into photography? Were you into create? Like you were creating videos. I know you have a YouTube page, so you obviously like have you like you see things, right? Like you see things creatively. Like what what is that like in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, so. When I was when I was playing baseball, the one thing that I learned how to do really well, and this is a little I don't know, dark or whatever, but yeah. fail. Okay. You know, because you just fail all the time. For sure. Uh, which is great. I think it's so good for you. Yeah. To learn how to fail, um, and then ultimately, you know, the career didn't go the right way, and I um, I started working and, and doing all these things, but uh, I was really captivated by the mountains since I was a kid. I mean, I was mm-hmm. really really into the mountains. I grew up in Pasadena, like looking at the San Gabriel Mountains, oh, and yeah. just dreaming, mm-hmm. um, and. With all of that, when I started seeing GoPro videos on the internet and like seeing people's vantage points, mm-hmm. it just completely uh, sparked my imagination. Oh yeah! And so, uh, thank you to those guys. Yeah, for doing that. <laughs> those first videos, um, like I, I remember one specifically. I kind of remember the song. I can hear right now. Um, <laughs> GoPro put out these trailers. And for one, they put out trailers that it's no that one. Dead mouse song. That you're yeah, your it totally was. <laughs> Damn you, GoPro, because you made all of us buy GoPros, and then we we shot on it. And we could never capture video like that ever because yeah, they use like gimbals and like so many crazy little cool tools. But inspiring as shit. Yeah, so I totally know what life. you're talking about. And what yeah. was crazy about GoPro too is there were so many entering. So many people buying GoPros and creating things that were unexpected. I'm sure to the GoPro team. Yeah. A lot of things in your life happened that were super unexpected. Yeah. And I guess what would be interesting to hear is like, what are ways that you and your team have seen people use the Narbox that were super unexpected, right? Where there's now these use cases and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Someone's okay, I'll give you that. one. Yeah. I'll okay. give you one. There's one that, I mean, it goes, I don't know how much your, your you know, listeners are going to be interested in this, but yeah, I uh, am. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a call from a company about a year and a half ago, uh-huh. and they were they were like, "Hey, can we talk to you about using Narbox for our application?" And we looked the company up. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't mm. get it. They're uh, a seismic a seismic monitoring what? firm. I won't say who they are. Okay. I don't know if I can. But was that um, like earthquake monitoring? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it is, and and what they do is they go to like places where you're digging into the ground, so like academic exploration, oh, or yeah. gas, uh, yeah, really anywhere, right? Anywhere, construction yeah. in downtown LA. Exactly. You got to put sensors yeah. all over the place, and nice. those sensors have to tell you what the earth is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for it's a safety requirement, mm-hmm. regulatory, and they're like, well, can we use your device to do our seismic data workflow? Wow. And. Uh, like, uh, We're like, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, that is cool. I also like love geography. Yeah. So I was like, I got to go to AGU, just American Geologic Union. Anyway. Nice, uh, <laughs> um, that's sweet. Yeah, but they, so, so they're, they actually, and this is really interesting for us in the future of the product, is mm-hmm. they've developed a custom software application that okay. runs on our uh, device using our uh, SDK, okay. which is not public really, but um, I mean, I can talk about it, but you can't just get it. Um, if someone wants it, they can reach out to us. 
and we'll probably give it to them. But wait, um, sorry, that's that's like the data that's no that a software it? software development kit. So they build oh, okay, their okay, own okay. application that does their seismic data processing that runs on the box, and they have a fleet of them. They're called no way. Okay, I can't so, say what they're called. They have a different name <laughs> for them. Saying, it has a different saying. name on the screen. Doesn't yeah, even say yeah, in our box. Yeah. And they're plugging their seismic sensors into it, backing up that data, processing it in the field. Wait. Yeah. And yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I just went blind. Yeah. What does that What does that mean for the use of? I mean, that's so orthogonal to everything you guys do. What does that mean from other areas of the business that open up? Right? Because they're just what enabled them to use the Narbox was sensors and data input and the ability to have an SDK built on top of it. What does that mean for? The use of Narbox. It just means that companies can uh, put software on it to make it do whatever they want. I mean, yeah. it's just a computer. It's the hub, so it's essentially the hub, and they can they can put in you know different softwares and yeah. whatever to fit their needs. Yeah, and, specifically, and, you know, we it started with us integrating the photo mechanic library for mm-hmm. uh, photographers. I, that I mean, that is that was such a killer integration yeah. like, that has made the product so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we figured out how to run their software on the box, right? And then we're like, oh, let's just make it so that anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a customer that wanted to do it at the same time, so it was obvious. So you know, in in the future, what what it means is, I think it smells like opportunity to us. Yeah. Um, because it seems like you know th- these devices. I mean, data is everywhere right now, and cameras are everywhere. It's not just for uh, art, which I mean, obviously we resonate with that side of things. Yeah. That's <laughs> how sure. we got into this. Yeah. Um, and you know, to this day, I love making videos and I love shooting, and you know, so does the rest of the team. But I mean, when we look at the the business side of it, it I mean, data and and video and photo and Thermal, uh, seismic. I mean, drones. I mean, people are using it for drones a lot. Um, uh, Police departments actually. Oh, which is interesting. But that's wild. um, Yeah, just to us, it's like really opened our minds. Uh, You know, I think our CTO saw it coming from like six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It opened my mind. (laughs) So, so you play baseball in in college. So then you get out. You're probably like what, 22, 23 ish. Yeah, Yeah. And then you were 25 around the time you started the ideas for Narbox, right? Yep. So what what was going on in those like two or three years in between? Like what what was happening with you? Yeah, I was trying to figure myself out yeah. in a lot of ways. I think we all kind of are at that I age. still am, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 30 to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I was I was working at a company uh, in Pasadena that I mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got a job there because um, my girlfriend's dad knew the CEO. I mean, like I, I, I didn't have much other than baseball and like a decent head on my what shoulders. What was the job? Can it was say? yeah, it was just an accounting role at a financial, like an asset management company. So I was yeah. just doing spreadsheets, which was great because I learned how to do Excel really well. I learned really fast, and and I, I found a mentor internally at that company. It's actually the first investor in Narbox. Nice. Uh, this mentor, and he gave me all of these cool projects. Helped me. I had three different roles in mm-hmm. two and a half years. Super rare to like get that exposure there, I was like, just, uh, I'm just a lucky dude. And yeah. I, I took like the, I did the CFA exams. I don't know if people know what those are. No, uh, so this is crazy financial stuff. Oh, um, cool. Super That's hard. hard stuff. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's financial, difficult. you know, I wish I knew more, but. Yeah, I, like yeah. I said, I was good at failing, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's pick, go. You pick some hard enough and you'll fail a bunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I was, I was doing that and I was loving it. I mean, I just love problem solving. I still love the financial markets. I, the, it gives you this way to understand the world. It's like a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, Anders knows I'm always sending him articles from Bloomberg and stuff about the capital markets. And, um, and so I, I really love that stuff. So it wasn't so much that I didn't like it. It's just that I ran into a bit of a ceiling and, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't really want to promote me into the role that I wanted to get promoted into. And they, they actually hired this other guy for this one job that I wanted. And then I realized it wasn't about 
how good you were. It was about like who you were. Yeah. And I was kind of done at that point. Mm. Um, so that's when I started playing around with stuff. Yeah. And that turned into Narbox mm. a, a year what, later. What's interesting is like those companies now, right? I mean, in the midst of Corona and post-Corona, everyone's kind of reevaluating their workforce. Even people that were resistant to remote, even yeah. the government, educational systems, uh, they've been forced to reconsider it. Yeah. And what's curious is, especially with the size seismology, is that the seismology mm-hmm. company, you know, what do you see the role of Narbox in a more remote workforce if there's more opportunity within businesses that have uh, high data output or, or a need for data management? Um, does this this change anything uh, from a remote workforce perspective? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we live in a weird world. There's no question about that. Uh, you know, we've, we've been remote at Narbox for like nine weeks, I think, mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. weeks maybe. Uh, we were like kind of earlier. Google pulled the plug. We saw some information out of Europe and we said, let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely weird times. Uh, I think that a lot of people are suffering and then there are other people that are doing quite well. So it just kind of depends where you are and who you are, which is, I mean, you know, I guess just the way that it is. But yeah, as far as photographers are concerned or filmmakers or, you know, I mean, the need for visual communication is not going away. No way. No. Um, it's reinforced. We can put a lot more information into a video than we can into an essay. Mm-hmm. Um, a picture's worth a thousand words or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, regardless of what the economy does, uh, which I think is pretty up in the air at this point, uh, uh, photographers and, and people that work for themselves are just kind of entrepreneurs. So they just, they're so tough, mm. right? Like, oftentimes have to reinvent themselves. Like people weren't working because they were lazy in the first place. Right. Like the people that were working were the people that were really working. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's likely that they're going to do quite well. I mean, this is uh, a place where they can probably reinvent their business. I mean, I know that uh, like uh, platforms like Darkroom, for example, give people another way to make money off of their stuff. Yeah. And I'm guessing that like these different outlets for people to find ways to monetize their talent and their creativity like just going to keep popping up, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, I don't definitely. Our take is not that the industry is going anywhere. Is is that the industry is not going anywhere? Yeah. Um, I mean, unless you believe that robots are going to start being able to make videos and photos better <laughs> than we are, then yeah, you no. can't really make that. And I don't. I don't know if I do we s- think that. What's super interesting there is I do see some companies trying to commodify artistic content, right? There was a company, I think it was out of France, they were highly capitalized, had probably raised 300, mm-hmm. 350 million. And a lot of it was around uh, client delivery of, of photography, right? Where the artists would actually shoot and they would send them the raw files and they had an AI do all the final editing and choose the vertical that it was in, right? It was like, oh, this was food, uh, this was lifestyle. And What's interesting is, I mean, you see presets as like this part of like the sharing economy where people share their skills and For share, sure. you know, their actual style. Mm. But a lot of times these artists, I mean, these companies are hiring people for them. You know, like for their style, for their perspective, and for these shoots that they're doing. And, and Narbox has a big role in that at the same time. Um, I, I see, man, I see it going both ways. I mean, there is a risk of the commodification of content if we don't give visual artists the right tools to capitalize on the opportunities they have, right? I mean, everyone needs content nowadays. That'd be bad for the world. It would be. It yeah. would not be good Absolutely. for the world. The, the, I mean, 
you just can't replicate human connection with robots right now. I mean, yeah. Maybe in the future you can. I don't know how good AI is going to get or whatever. Um, but a big part of like creating a video or a photo is understanding what the audience is, is going to be experiencing mm-hmm. yeah. and helping them experience that in a way that you're directing them somewhere. Yeah, and, it's emotional. Like, you can't. I feel like yeah. AIs won't have emotion. Right. right? Yeah, you just make you some cheesy corporate video. Sure. Yeah. You know, oh, so if you want to yeah. build like an awesome advertisement yeah. for your company that makes your customers like have goosebumps on their arms, you're yep. gonna need a human being to do that. My friend. I tried to do that at Aflac, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I did pretty good. And then you know, there, there's. Did you get to shoot the duck? No, no idea. <laughs> but I, I get that question. I got that question so many times. It's great. Um, but yeah, no, there is something to be said for like. You're never going to take the artist out of this, you know, creative world that we're in. You're never going to take that out. What you can do is you can add tools to it, right? And you know, AI may get added just as a beneficial platform, right? Like you can use it for color correcting, or you can use totally. it for like so many other things. Save people time, allow them to focus on the things that really matter. I mean, that is right. what this stuff's all about. It's yeah. Like, how can you put more energy and time into the things that matter? Exactly. And less time into just mm. random stuff. That yeah. <laughs> like data management for the Narbox, right? You're like, saving come people on. time. You're not. You're not becoming a better photographer because you're backing stuff up. Yeah, you're exactly. just like doing the right thing by not losing your clients stuff yeah right. so like if we can automate that you're, you're, we're not taking away your creative freedom we should be <laughs> adding to it if anything you know um and that's what technology should do right yeah. should enable the best in humanity mm-hmm. not uh take away from what humans do amazing right uh, at yeah and well, we, we live in such a weird uh time for just whatever gear you get a lot of times people feel like it matters too when it comes to like the, the variety and like oh you got to have this ten thousand dollar red camera you got to have this thirty thousand forty thousand dollar this mm. or that yeah um so it's nice to have it's nice to have simple tools and it's nice to have something like the narbox it seems like to like just know that everything's backed up everything's good to go out in the field wherever it may be but it just I, like I'm all about keeping things simple and simplicity and it seems like with you guys you decided to just keep it you know, as close to home as you could. You didn't have like 10 different products, 15 different products. You had like just one in a few different iterations and sizes, but you wanted to keep the simplicity in the workflow, you know, fairly, um, you know, fairly how it was already to begin with. Yeah, we're obsessed with simplicity. Yeah. If mm-hmm. anything, we just were trying to cut steps out. We actually, we met this really interesting wedding photographer that um, he's, he's pretty prominent. He does a lot of workshops mm-hmm. um, and his background is in manufacturing. Oh, wow. And like uh, one thing you'll notice about wedding photographers sometimes is mm-hmm. they actually come from a different professional field and then turn into a wedding photographer. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that kind before. Of. Yeah. But it just like happens a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and they run a really good business. I mean, wedding photography is a yeah, it's, it's a great gnarly. business. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> this guy he has a, a spreadsheet that mm-hmm. is his workflow because he's like a manufacturing dude, <laughs> and um, he's trying to cut a line out of it every month. Oh wow! Cool. And we're like, oh yeah. That's actually awesome. Yeah, that's really so we tough. we started mapping things out and figuring out how many steps we could cut out mm-hmm. the steps that people don't want to do, steps that people hate. Yeah, oh, uh, that, or that they suck at, and <laughs> just make it easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Playing off that narrative, it's like you've built something that helped open up a bottleneck for creators, right? Like, what what do we think of the bottlenecks going forward, right? Like, what are the bandwidth constraints yeah. for content creators? Production in the new world in is, the new is world. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so it's coronavirus. It's very disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, everything's shut down. What is what's the date today? Like May fifteenth or something? Yeah, yeah, it's the fourteenth. Fourteenth. Yeah. yeah. So like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're recording this on that day, yeah. and everything's still shut down. I don't know like, yeah. what it'll be whenever this airs, but uh, point being, 
the world at some point has to open up and then it's going to be kind of weird for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to be a little bit concerned and travel is going to be really tough. I mean, that's something, and, and this, our company is all about travel. So right now uh, there's no travel going on, which is less opportunity for us, but people will have to travel again mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Yeah. You can't shoot Iceland from California. Right. You know, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> Except if you do these FaceTime, FaceTime photo shooters. I have seen, Dude, yes. I've seen those. God. Oh. That they, is so funny. They bugged the shit out of me. We were talking about that. <laughs> anyways, yeah. That's what oh, that is so funny. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, you can't shoot Iceland from California, so you're going to have to travel. And uh, we think that companies are still going to want to promote their products and people are going to still want to tell stories, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that travel experience is something we're really focused on. So that's A, right? And then and then B is like, we're going to have to learn how to collaborate with people from afar mm-hmm. better. We're not saying it's going to be quarantine forever, but like, remote work is going to be increasingly important to teams functioning. Mm-hmm. And um, regardless of whether it's a quarantine or a situation <clears throat> where people are just trying to avoid uh, exposing themselves unnecessarily to virus, like you might want to work from home, right? Yeah. Um, I know that like, didn't Twitter, uh, like uh, Jack Dorsey say like, you can work from home forever yesterday <laughs> or two days ago. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think he said that like, oh, we're going to work from home forever if you want. Oh, wow. So like, okay, clearly people are seeing this and, the old traditional way is like, oh, let's like dump everything onto a C drive from our laptop. We're traveling around with our laptop everywhere. Um, whether we need a laptop or not is a different question. But like, that's the device we use. We dump everything onto the hard drive with the orange bumper because we feel like that's uh, safe. Mm-hmm. And um, whether it is or it isn't, that's a different question. And different people have different opinions on that. And then we're gonna like mail that drive or go like go over to your buddy's yeah. house and hand off the drive. That's my life. Yeah, by the way, you just described exactly my workflow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, we we focused a lot on this, so we know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I think that like the idea of opening up your laptop on an airplane tray table mm-hmm. in summer of 2020 or like winter of 2020 2021. Yeah. No. Is becoming less appealing. For sure. So like, if you can have this like this this box in your camera bag. And just have your iPhone in your hand, and you're able to do your workflow that way. Mm-hmm. Like from a travel perspective, whether you're a freelancer, uh, uh, production, broadcast, uh, wedding, I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a thing. Yeah. You, you're going to want to back up your files without a laptop, even more than you did before. So that's great. We uh, are here to support that. Mm-hmm. Now, on the remote side, um, Narbox currently has a uh, suite of tools that allow you to upload to the cloud. Um, so that if you upload to the cloud, people can see stuff from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just Dropbox. So we've got this, like, we did this Dropbox thing. We're like like let's, an integration with yeah, Dropbox? Yeah, we use the Dropbox API. So you can just sync your Narbox to Dropbox. <clears> That's great. great. Yeah, I use awesome. it all the time. Dropbox. So, yeah, super perfect. chill. Yeah. Um, edit a few selects in Lightroom, mm-hmm. Dropbox, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Deliver them all. Um, and it does Ethernet, Wi-Fi, so it's like it can be really fast. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what's coming up for us next is we're going to be enhancing that a lot. We're definitely the connectivity booked. with the cloud and just drop, yeah, with Dropbox too. Or are you going to do your own so your own thing? Is that what it is? Well, the future is long, but yeah. uh, so in the upcoming months, we are going to be releasing a new cloud upload manager, mm. and it's going to be super awesome. Nice. Um, I've been testing it actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Have you talked about this yet? Is this the first time you talked about it? Uh, I've talked about it, just okay. not to anyone who doesn't work in Narbox. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. What does that mainly change for production teams, right, from a workflow okay. perspective? Yeah. So let's talk and, about that. And photographers. So first, first and foremost, we've enhanced the reliability so much, right? We've we've created these like upload reports now. Mm-hmm. So when you sync everything, uh, if files fail and in uploading, that actually happens a lot. 
rather than like the whole thing failing, you have to do it again. I'm not even like talking about this. <laughs> I know, honest. dude. Okay. The cloud is the only way to share from afar, but the cloud is so far from being a complete solution. So that's where we fit in, uh-huh. right? You can get everything backed up locally onto your device. You don't have to like blast everything to the cloud immediately. Like you get it on the box, mm-hmm. then you can take step two, get it to the cloud. So we have these upload reports that are coming, you know, with this new product that allows you to basically select anything that didn't work and retry or like retry automatically, do all these different things. Um, we're also adding Frame.io. Oh, well, um, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Why do I why do I know that? What is Frame.io? Oh, because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, That's what is why it? You know. <laughs> what is uh, it? <laughs> Tell me, damn it. Um, Frame.io is a cloud platform for uh, video editing that allows people to collaborate from afar. That's so, it. So yeah. um, it's used by like a ton of the biggest studios in the world mm-hmm. and like a, a bunch of medium and smaller ones all the way down to freelance for different reasons. Um, the primary thing with, with Frame is like client review. Mm-hmm. So as you're editing, especially in Final Cut, I think. Uh, maybe Premiere as well. I don't know. They have integrations with like timeline editors, mm-hmm. so you can basically be syncing uh, like cuts and, and drafts and like sending them to with the client. another editor with another editor yeah. and a client. So nice. you're like, let's put this stuff, put the thing there, and like yeah. add the note, put the you know the thing, yeah, in, yeah, and yeah. then you go like, okay, client, what do you think? Yeah, feedback, and for then you're like, sure, right, change. I did that for yeah. Pro Tools when I worked at Picturehead, the oh, whole post production thing. But yeah, same yeah. type of connectivity. So that's how they started. Yeah. Yeah. It started there, but what. Uh, Frame is doing more and more of now is like it's becoming a workflow platform. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they're just integrating and doing a really good job. They raised a bunch of money. Um, I think it was late last year. I mean, like a lot of money. Yeah. And like they're 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 crushing it. So um, we've been talking to them for a while mm-hmm. um, about you know what it would mean to do like a like a laptop free uh, workflow. Um, yeah. And with with this new integration, you're gonna be able to seamlessly sync your either your camera originals, in camera proxies. Mm-hmm. Or proxies that we've transcoded on the Narbox up to frame using Wi-Fi, uh, 4G hotspot, or Ethernet, and it goes straight to it, straight to frame from the box. Dang! Can yeah. you find proxy here? Proxy is just like a smaller version of a of a video mm-hmm. that is high resolution enough to be the starting point for your edit, but not high enough resolution to be almost like a thumbnail, like, like a thumbnail view. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. you have a bunch of 4K footage mm-hmm. and you transcode it into a 720p format. Yeah, that's like you can start your timeline editing and then you just relink it later. Anyone yeah. who edits a lot of videos will See, know about Tim it and re-linking. I know this because we put 4K drone <laughs> footage on and we're like, shit, why is it slowing down? Why is yeah, my computer? Why can't freezing? I do anything with and this? And then you yeah. learn how to how to you know get a proxy for that file or that video. Yeah, and then it just so the box like, will make the proxies. Let you edit. So so imagine this, right? Yeah. You've got like a hundred gigs. You're a broadcasting. You've got a yeah. hundred gigs of content that you just shot mm-hmm. uh, on your FS7, your Sony camera, and um, you want to get some of that back to the cloud as fast as possible. But the bandwidth is like slow. So you've got like a a 4G connection from your iPhone. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, you know uh, how are you going to do that? Right? How are you going to do 100 gigs? It's going to take you three days. Yeah. So what this will do actually is pre-process, like compress, like making a zip file, if you will. Yeah. Compress it into something that someone can work with, mm-hmm. and then it'll just take that piece and send it. It'll be like one tenth the size or one one hundredth the size, depending on your settings, and you can be off and editing like way faster. And when you mean send it, Frame.io, you're sending it through the cloud. It just goes to Frame.io, through, and anyone frame.io. anyone who's on that project has access Got immediately. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Now, what happens with AK? When when 8K comes to the party, is it gonna like totally screw up any of that connectivity? Like when you're building these proxies out, are you putting a cap on them? Like is 4K a cap? Does that make sense? So when 8K comes, like 8K video, 
or whatever's beyond that in five years, like, is that going to start causing issues for any of that type of connectivity? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, well, it's definitely going to create more of an issue in terms of the amount of data that you have to sync. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, there's a third variable or there's another variable, Yeah. Uh, which is the codec. Mm-hmm. And that is really the thing that uh, defines everything. So there's like uh, some codecs that are uh, higher res, some that are lower, some that can be decoded easily, some that can't. And we're constantly adding more codec support, so the resolution actually matters less than the codec. Right, and that's something um, that you can build over time. You can add in yeah, over just, time. It's we do software, software updates software all the time. Mm-hmm. More data to manage, more yeah. things for us to do. Because yeah. Like, yeah. like the thing is, what people are going to say is like, oh, well, why don't I just put it straight on the cloud? You know, like, why can't I just put, take it straight to the cloud? Mm-hmm. And the answer is because you can capture footage at a lot faster of a rate than it can be uploaded. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. A lot faster, like, mm-hmm. like 1,000x. So like if you look at the data rate on a red camera versus how how long it would take to upload that mm-hmm. the amount of footage you capture in an hour it takes a day to upload. Damn. And that's like that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. You can have the fastest that's connection so in the crazy. world it's still slow. Yeah, for sure. We're running into all of these things. Like I was telling Anders the other day, we're we're now up against the speed of the internet. That's how much tuning we've done. Shit. Yeah. That's wild. Define <laughs> define that quick just because it's a crazy constraint, right? We feel like internet is this like ubiquitous utility in some way, and yeah. you're finding it to be a, the bottleneck. Oh, it's definitely the bottleneck. I mean, it's no the bottleneck of, in everything. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Talk about that. Well, so you know, we do performance benchmarking, and our our Ethernet goes up to five gigabits, which mm-hmm. is pretty fast. Um, it's like a it's like a USB hard drive, but to the internet, if mm-hmm. the internet will let it. Um, but also explain this to us, like we are idiots. Yeah. yeah well, okay. Yeah. So like. Nar- sure. Narbox can upload to the internet over a USB port. So just mm-hmm. think of it as the speed of a USB port, right? Um, th- if you do that, you end up going a lot slower than you would think. And at first, we're like, "What are we doing wrong?" Mm-hmm. So we tweaked, 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 tweaked. You know, worked on the upload settings. We got to the point where uh, we couldn't get it to go any faster. We started calling all these different engineers that work on these cloud platforms. They go, "Oh no, that that makes sense. That's how fast it goes." <laughs> And we're like, what do you mean? It's That's like it's it like goes. a speed of light thing, right? It's like um, you can't really go faster than that at a certain point. Not yet. We're yeah. not there yet. Yeah. We're 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 actually. You know, the internet is really just a bunch of phone lines connected to computers. The internet's not like a. A magic. It's a bunch of ones and zeros. Too. <clears throat> yeah, I know the, that. That's what happens. They yeah. just send ones and zeros around. Yeah. But the, so so the the internet has a natural speed that it can go. There's a distance between the data center where you're trying to upload to and where you are now. There are a bunch of different switches and and, and nodes in the network that uh, can bottleneck you. So just the practical speeds. I mean, like even if you put 5G on top of it, everyone's talking about you know 5G and, mm-hmm. and the speed of the internet. But uh, we need we need a massive uh, infrastructure upgrade. Yeah. If we really want to get to anywhere near where people are saying we can, so that makes live streaming hard. It makes um, it makes uh, uploading things that are super super data rich hard uh, over broadband connections, uh, especially. And when it comes to these use cases, it's like we're like guys, we can aggregate all of that data on site, on site, back it up really quickly, mm-hmm. um, and then we can send whatever you want to the cloud. Right. We can even automate that um, in the future. So we're all about getting as close to capture as possible. Yeah. So that and we can it, it, as of now, it's an it's an ongoing, you know, it's an uphill battle to get to that point. How how long do you think that timeline is going to be until oh, you gosh. guys can get in there? I don't know. Um, I, I actually have no idea, but yeah. I can tell you this: when we were starting the company in 2015, mm-hmm. okay, five years ago, uh, maybe it was even 14. It was a while ago. Like when we were pitching people, 
a bunch of people said, why do you even bother doing this? The cloud's just going to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't even do the company. And I mean, we're sitting here. The cloud will beat you to it. So just yeah, sit around and wait. Yeah. yeah. And okay. it's built software. The cloud will do all this. Yeah. The, the, we're going to have five, hardware. Will yeah. Cover everything. Yeah. We're going to have 5g in 2017 and mm-hmm. you know, the internet's going to be 10x faster and, and none of that stuff's happened yeah. because there are a lot of really challenging technical hurdles that have to be overcome. Um, so when you, when you leave, you know, your studio environment, when you leave your office environment, um, you know, the, the computer has the high-speed I.O. that you need, the desktop or the laptop. We're giving that to you in a pocket-sized box and connecting it to the Internet. And, and if you think about a remote, you know, to get back to the remote work question, like if you think about a remote work world, why would you not want your hard drive to be able to connect to the Internet? Like I, I, I find yeah. it hard to, like, if you have files stored, you want that to connect to the Internet. 100%. Yeah, and, and we so offer that. So it's not that. just sitting there, and if that's gone, that's gone. Right, yeah. exactly. So like network-attached storage devices, like they've been around for a long time. Synology, uh, G-Tech, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of people make these things. Uh, those are great, but they don't fit in your pocket. Right. If I have an R-Box, okay, what's the biggest size? One terabyte? Is yeah, terabyte. Biggest? So, okay, I usually use <clears throat> four terabyte hard drives, right? Lacy, mm-hmm. the rugged ones. Uh, I just bought one today, actually. I need like a... I, like 10 of those damn things, right? Like I hold them like a big old sandwich. But um, <laughs> so do you get any pushback from people with the one terabyte max capacity? Oh, all the time. People hate that. They want more. So mm, yeah. I'm wondering if when you get this, I mean, you already have a cloud streamlined with Dropbox if you're, or other platforms, but when you, you, when you get this cloud platform that you're putting in, <clears throat> would I be able to take that one terabyte of footage when it gets full, throw it into the cloud, wipe it on my Narbox, and start again. And totally. keep on just boom, boom, boom. So essentially, you buy one Narbox, and you have 20 terabytes of, of space in this cloud, that's, you know, you can just keep refreshing and keep refreshing. Yeah. That's yeah, a pe- re- reality? People use it like that. Okay. Uh, they use it like that. They, the ultimate destination sometimes is a, a NAS device. So yeah. we, we do integrate with uh, uh, Synology and all those others over uh, what's called Samba. So you just plug it into your Synology, and you can dump it with the press of a button. Mm-hmm. You could dump it to a hard drive if you're doing like physical hard drives. Mm-hmm. So you just plug your C drive into this, right. into the, into the box. Right like you can plug it, you know, send it right there. Yeah. But you can also upload to the cloud yeah. if you have like a ton of Dropbox space or, uh, you know, in, in the future when Frame comes out, if you have a, a big Frame uh, mm-hmm. project, you can upload all, all that stuff there and you can wipe it off the box and it's yeah. in the cloud. But yeah. like, you know, people do 321, 321 backup. Do you know about that? Mm-mm. It's like a three copies of the file in. Two physical locations and one offsite. Oh, I believe God. I'm way off. <laughs> yeah, I do a one one one. So this, this <laughs> I got one hard drive. Yeah, it's yeah, bad. that's that's <laughs> yeah. sketchy, dude. Yeah, you gotta I hope be my careful. clients are not listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the the point is that we actually we, we give you a number of different ways to do three two one. So nice. the cloud is a, like a good offsite. Yeah, like it's a good one offsite, nice. which is the most important for production teams. I mean, there's. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars going on the production. Yeah, when you get to so, those points, oh, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of stress. It's industrial file management. Yeah, like it's it's a there's a, a lot. I mean, you guys are even reaching into seismology. You said police departments earlier. I mean, that's like you can't fail, and it's like ultimate rigor and test of the device. Yeah, this thing's reliable. That's like one thing that we made sure it was, mm-hmm. uh, and fast. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, in addition to Frame, so we have a few things coming out. There's the there's the cloud upload manager. Mm-hmm. Um, we're adding support for a new type of checksums and some reports that you can make. That uh, they're called MHL okay. uh, files. The production teams use to track their 
like it, you were just discussing the sort of the industrial nature of the workflow. Mm -hmm. This gives you a way to track the checksums, like the hash values that go with each file, every step. So it's like you would do that with your laptop using a software like Hedge. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like no. a backup software on your laptop. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're doing that now. Um, and we've also enhanced the the speed of of uh, transfers by about four times using USB on the box. So it's going it's going to be going really fast. It can go to two hard drives at the same time. Um, these are all really big benefits to someone who wants to basically play mock DIT <laughs> and shoot and not ruin their lives. Like, you know, they, these guys, they literally sit there dumping files all night. Yeah. Jeez. And, you know, they want to go have a beer. Yeah. Or, like, see their family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you stay up, not to date, because you guys are ahead of it, I feel like. like are there any other... Um, Maybe not competitors. Competitors might not be the word, but is there like, is there any other businesses or companies that are doing what you're doing that show a benchmark of where you need to be? Like, where mm. where does the growth come from? Like, where does this like never-ending pursuit to like get to that next level with data, with the cloud? Like, where does that come from? Yeah, well, there are, there are two different sources there, mm -hmm. or at least two. The first one and the most important one is what does the market need. Like what are customers looking for? We yeah. talk to so many people. Um, you know, we have a professional team, a pro team, photography, I believe filmmaking uh, as well. We're, we're adding more and more people to our roster mm -hmm. from all kinds of different use cases. And that involves a lot of talking and a lot of listening in yeah. particular uh, to what people are doing. And when we listen, we don't just, we don't just listen to what they ask for because people will tell you what they want, mm -hmm. but oftentimes they'll imply something else. So they'll, someone will ask for something or they'll say, this is how it works and I want it to work this way. And then you know how your stuff works. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if we put that together, mm -hmm. that could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of customer interaction, first and foremost. Second of all, um, our team is obsessed with improvement. Like ourselves, our company, our product, and we have really high standards for how things should work, mm -hmm. um, just like a good photographer does. Right. Um, and it, we're just relentless. Like yeah. we don't give ourselves a break. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and as far as competitors are concerned, there isn't really a company that's setting the benchmark. I mean, uh, Apple does a really good job of working with creative professionals. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always impressed by the way they hold themselves and the way they do things. They, by the way, hire a lot of people out of the industry too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we didn't make that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, you know, there are leaders out there, but no one's building this product. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there are a couple of companies that build devices uh, that do similar things. So Western digital for a long time has had a drive called the, my passport wireless. Oh yeah. I've had a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's been around. That actually predates Narbox. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know about it when we created the idea of Narbox, but it was there before us. Yeah. So we didn't, I mean, the idea of putting Wi-Fi on a hard drive was not our idea, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the idea of making it work well um, is something that we're more committed to. Yeah. So so Western Digital, they're, they're not actually really competing with us anymore as yeah. much. So, so you went from a personal need with a personal drive to create this device, and all of a sudden, if you do that deadly combo right of like a hardware storage device with a Wi-Fi connection and you guys have run it the full narrative through where the top production teams now use it, right? It almost seems like it started kind of as this like niche 
product fulfilling this personal need. And now it's uh, potentially a big player in an infrastructure where streaming has never been more important. Content has never been more important. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like it has the ability to be part of a mobile infrastructure going into the future of work. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, if you listen to WD, they, they want to make stuff that is like super affordable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say cheap cause that's mean. You no, know? I get it. I get they want to yeah. make it really affordable. Yeah. I, I bought totally. the hard drives cause yeah. they were 60 Accessible. bucks, 70 exactly. bucks. Exactly. You know? yeah, so, yeah. so those drives, they, they try to make them with as low of cost as possible to make them more affordable. And we don't focus that much on that. I mean, we definitely try to make it as cheap as we can. Don't get yeah. me wrong. We're not trying to make it make it more expensive than it needs to be, but um, we put the workflow first. Yeah. And we then, from the workflow, we know what software we need to run. And once we know what software we need to run, we know exactly how to build the hardware. And, and if that's you're a professional, you want to buy things that are going to work. And they're going to work good. Totally, you know? yeah. And, and you know, Lassie, they are doing a drive that uh, it's called the... Uh, is that how it's it has pronounced? A long name. Is it Lacey? I believe it's Lacey. Yeah. Oh, you just changed my entire life. Like you said, you say Lacey. <laughs> I say Lacey That's every day. That's the American way. They're French yeah. though. So. Okay. I'll start um, saying Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. Adidas. I got a Lacey yeah. one terabyte drive today on Amazon. <laughs> it's true. I did. <laughs> so, I shouldn't tell you that. I'm sorry. So, no, no, no. It's cool. I buy, buy storage devices. That's great. People need to put data in places and yeah. we're not going to host every byte, but we'll help you back it up more easily. Um, no, but they build a thing with an SD card in it. I think it's called. At first, they did a, did a first version that was based on a spinning disc, mm-hmm. and it was they were in partnership with DJI. It's mm-hmm. called the Copilot. Yeah. Um, and then people didn't like that it was a spinning disc. I mean, they basically just. I mean, this this one is pretty much a, a ripoff of our device in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They took they tried to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they have a great brand. I mean, they talk they speak to creators very well. Uh, their drives are the industry standard. Yeah. I mean, you see those orange bumpers everywhere. Yeah, I know. So right? I mean, they're doing something right. Um, but this product is not one of the things that they're doing right. Yeah. Um, at least not for the people that we are selling ours to. Yeah. Also, you guys, your SDK has unlimited potential from a software perspective, right? I mean, you have new verticals, the business opening up. Yeah, more on the enterprise side. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But if, just from let just from the photographer's perspective, in the first place, it's like we have built a lot of software that saves a lot of time and makes things faster. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't need to go like line by line to explain why I think we've done the best job at that, um, because you know I think people should make their own decision. But there are there are good reviews on YouTube that talk about all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I've seen, like, I've seen Peter McKinnon. Yeah. I Justine. You got to check out Art of Photography. Okay, like he art does the photography? art of photography. He gets our product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way that we understand it. Yep. And we gave him one, and he made a video that explained it in a way that we were like, okay, that's. That's it. Yeah. So he's got a video that compares our device to all the other competitors, nice. and explains from a working professional standpoint why he likes ours. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of others on. Uh, you'll find YouTube videos about how you can quote make a Narbox for like ninety bucks. Mm-hmm. And what they mean by make a Narbox is make some crazy device that transfers files. Oh jeez. But it's yeah. like it's not. Yeah, it's, it's like make Narbox. a hard drive. You can make yeah. a hard drive. <laughs> yeah. I just have to. I have to dispute the claim. Oh, just well, I mean, this is a Narbox. Right? I mean, you, I didn't know a lot about Narbox, even trying to do research, until I talked to you. To be honest, to just be completely honest, yeah. and I'm freaking sold. Like oh. I really am. I think that the connectivity is incredible. I feel like I have a really good grasp of how it works, and like now, I'm really, really amped on it. And it doesn't seem as confusing, which is great. Um, where the hell was I going with that? The question <laughs> I wanted to, to ask, and I, I wasn't going to loop this in right, but 
what's what's harder to to build the narbox and to, to build the product or to sell it to market it like how how do you balance those two and how do specifically how do you market this thing like what works for narbox it's a good question i think it's all the same thing i know that isn't the answer you're looking for no it's great marketing selling it building it is all this part of the same process yeah. to mm-hmm. us and that's where we start but uh, from a from an actual like how do we think about the market perspective um, we try to break down the market into as small of pieces as logically makes sense mm-hmm. um, so that we can get as specific as possible about how this group of people is doing their workflow. Right. And we'll look at that workflow and we'll build a complete solution for that workflow. So our, you know, with our initial uh, Narbox 2.0 campaign, it was all about freelance, all about freelance photographers and filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And the product was an ecosystem that was built specifically for them down to the detail on the software. And then from there, it's all about just showing people what it's an alternative to, mm-hmm. you know, what does this do for you, and uh, why is it better than the competitors? Mm. So, it's a device for people that want to travel without their laptop. It backs up your files and gives you the ability to do your workflow from your phone, right? And unlike the other drives, it's got the ecosystem of software integrations with these great um, editing applications, uh, and it's just faster and more reliable. Mm-hmm. So, um, we try to take that message and show it to people in creative ways. I mean, we, we work a lot through the voices of people who use the product, like, uh, like on YouTube, I think the reviews are, I mean, all those guys have this in their, in their bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can tell the story better than we can. They're really, they're, yeah. they're real. Yeah. They're, I mean, the product, <laughs> yeah, the product speaks for itself, right? I mean, when the YouTube world and YouTube reviews, it's your best marketing and sometimes product. You know, for sure. Yeah. An yeah. Well, and we have so we have a really cool community too. I think we, you know, on on Facebook, it's called Narbox Insiders, and mm-hmm. we've got uh, so we've got that. We've got amazing customer support that everybody knows about now. So the secrets out. Um, you can talk to us anytime on our website. <laughs> it goes to my phone. I probably won't be the one answering you, but it, it will go to my phone. They have one um, too. <laughs> yeah. On Darkroom, I know. And it goes up to Theo, and I always say such dumb shit <laughs> just to mess with one of you guys. Yeah. Oh, so so we have that. Um, we have um, you know we do a pretty good job of like doing case studies and, and like workflow information so people know how to use the device and how they can save time with it. Yeah. So it's 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 just all about communication and like completing the the picture around that, just making it. Uh, really easy to understand. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like you guys, you guys built a pretty cool community, right? On social, like on Instagram. Well, like that. yeah. So it there's seems a, like it there's a lot of history there. Do you want me to tell you about that? Yeah, for <laughs> okay, sure. Okay, so when we started the company, we, we called it uh, what was it? It was narcissistic with a G. <laughs> oh wow! So it was all about like sharing your own stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like like people are so narcissistic with a G. Yeah. Uh, they love to just like post their coolest stuff. Oh, for sure. Of course. Um, yeah. So we made an Instagram, like, uh, it wasn't really we, it was Will. Will figured it out. Mm-hmm. Will broke Instagram, um, hacked it, and <laughs> he figured out how to grow that thing. Uh, because so, like, of the handle. The handle with no product and no, like, it was just the handle, and it was all about, like, posting your cool stuff. Like, yeah. shoot, getting out there, shooting. Like, you can probably go back and see all these, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we deleted them or not. Oh, if you go back to uh, the Like, on at Narbox, yeah, because we yeah. Changed, just changed the handle. Yeah. So we, we built this this narcissistic thing, uh-huh. and I think Will had it to, like, 20K mm-hmm. before the Kickstarter. Um, we or, did a, Organic growth. Just, hey, yeah, Will, I mean, this is it. Like, you guys uh, didn't pay for any If you listen to Gary, Gary V talk about how to do social media, yeah. like, that was what we were doing in 2015. Oh, yeah. Like, just, yeah. I don't know, Gary V's an interesting character, but... Um, 
yeah, like he's pretty, she's pretty smart about just engaging. It's just, yeah, just grind, engaging grind. with everybody. Yeah. Post three times a day, talk I was, to everybody. I, I was surfing yeah. in San Clemente. Mm-hmm. I swear, this is a true story. I was surfing in San Clemente last weekend, mm-hmm. okay, where the beaches are open. You're allowed to surf, okay, yeah. just mm-hmm. before people get upset. Um, so uh, I was in the water, and there's this guy with, with dreads, and he was like, Ski Feast. That's my Instagram. No. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was like, hey, what's up, man? And <laughs> I know him from Mammoth. So oh, cool. he's a snow, he's like one of the better snowboarders that is like road warrior cool. from LA, Orange County up. Yeah. And he was one of the first hundred to follow us on Narcissistic. No way. <laughs> yeah. So, so the community was pretty deep and like, yeah. it was like a real thing. So we did, we did a good job of getting traction. We changed the handle from Narcissistic to Narbox on day one of the Kickstarter. Nice. Cool. Um, and that started like the new phase of it. So it was like very grassroots before that. Then it became more about the product and, you know, still lifestyle focused. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, the team has just grown that thing in a number of different ways in a really, I think, a really cool way. And we've reinvented it over and over again. Like the latest, it's we're all about you know working professionals now. Yeah. So you'll see like all of the work that's posted, uh, the product shots, like a lot of that stuff's just infield stuff that we're getting from people that are out there using the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's been you know an engaging way to continue to to showcase the product and market it. Mm-hmm. Um, without being in your face mm. about it. Um, yeah. Well, it's important, you know, like it, it reminds me of how Red Bull, like, you know, they really get behind like action sports, right? So like you guys pick this path of branding, but it's such an important thing that I feel like a lot of companies oversee is you kind of have to like find this niche and find this, you know, culture to, to really get around. And you guys like did it really cool. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I think it's because we're, we mean it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, none of this was like uh, made up. Yeah. Well, you're we creative too. You're creative. Like you get it. Like you're a part of it. Yeah. Like I mean, I wish I was a real photographer and filmmaker. Like I wish I was better at that stuff. I don't, uh, but I feel it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I connect to it it's like awesome. that. I mean, there's so much exciting things that you guys didn't expect that just popped up, you know? And now you obviously have this 20 something person team now that can handle and iterate on it. Are there things, I think we'll, we've obviously taken a lot of your time, but are there things that in the coming year or two that you want our audience to know that's like on the lookout for Narbox, um, just in general? I think from, from our company's perspective, you know, we're here in Los Angeles. We love what this industry contributes to the world and we just want to be a part of that. So to those who are interested and, and, you know, want to uh, reach out or be a part of this or uh, buy the product or give us feedback, like, we're open. So <laughs> come find us. We <laughs> nice, want to talk man. to you. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Thanks thank you. I appreciate show. it. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out this episode of the Darkroom Podcast with Tim Fees and Anders Bill. You can check out Narbox at Narbox on Instagram or Narbox.com. You can also say hey to Tim Fees at Ski Fees on Instagram. That's S-K-I-F-E-E-S-S on there. And he actually has some really uh, rad videos from from all his skiing trips and, and just things that he does. So he gets out there. He sees a lot of cool stuff. All right, you guys, you can say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and we will see you guys next time.